I agree. Thank you, moms. I love you, mom, and I love the mother of my children, and I pray that all of us children can say that today. I'm also thankful for little children who sing and for grandpas and uncles and aunties who are there ready to help them sing. That almost got canceled because there were more cousins wanting to sing today, but uh, some of them couldn't make it, so we miss all of you, and I'm so glad we were still able to hear that song. Well, today is Mother's Day, and um, it is a special day, and there are so many truths in the Word of God that we can draw application in relation to mothers, both for mothers specifically and how we treat mothers and also uh, how society goes about all of these things. But there's one particular aspect as we think of mothers that we sang about in A Godly Mother, that song had reference to it, is in relation to mothers having a profound and special role in guiding and leading their children to the Savior. This is done by setting a model for them of loving Jesus and by specific and diligent teaching of children. We've been studying our church covenant, and there's one phrase in our church covenant that we as brothers and sisters in Christ have covenanted together to religiously educate our children. Well, that word religious might hang some people up because oftentimes it comes with the idea of something that is dead. But it really is speaking of an aspect of the consistent and regular teaching of our children. But what are we teaching them? We need to be teaching them the Word of God. And mothers have a very special privilege in this and role, not to exclude us dads, but mothers have a special, special role in this. And oftentimes in society, sadly, there's homes where dads aren't there. It is, it is a tragedy. It's true sometimes for mothers as well to be absent for one reason or another. How are children raised? How are children taught of the important truths of God's Word? And most specifically, how to love God and how to know Him how to walk with him, and how to tell others about him and who he is. We think of homes where there's absentee fathers. We think of mothers who have an extra burden of responsibility. Have you ever considered in the New Testament, there was a particular young man who, by inference, is considered from a home where either the father was absent or at least was one who was not a believer. And how did that turn about, and how did that work out in this young man's life? Well, his name was Timothy. Timothy was a young disciple of the Apostle Paul. In many ways, the Apostle Paul was his spiritual father. But it wasn't the Apostle Paul who really discipled and trained this young man in truth. It was his mother's. And I speak the plural because it was both his mother and his grandmother. Mothers had a key and vital role in Timothy's spiritual growth and life. And really, it sets forth an example and a model for mothers throughout all ages. Our mothers, are you teaching your children 
the Word of God. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 contains one of the greatest declarations, doctrinal declarations, regarding the significance of the Word of God. Here is the classic passage that declares that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So moms, as you are religiously educating your children, be doing so with the infallible, inspired Word of God. It's interesting as we read here in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, the declaration is made, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Last week we looked at the whole concept and idea of what is profitable. This morning in Bible Hour we learned some about what it is to be successful. Well, we learned what it is to be successful from the Word of God, which is, as we learned this morning, to be a servant. To be successful is to be a servant. To be great or to be chief is to be a minister and a servant to all. And where do we get that? Because that doesn't come from society. For society has all throughout the ages taught something really total opposite. Yet Jesus has taught something different, and we learn that from the Word of God. Moms, that's the kind of truth we need to be teaching our children because it's coming from the very words breathed by God. It will result in reproof. So oftentimes as children begin to grow, they begin to exert their strength and power. It's amazing to see a little one just barely, well, not even, some, sometimes they're not even walking yet. And boy, do they exert their power and opinion in many manifold ways. And as mommies, I know you struggle, and us daddies do too, in how to channel that Mm, may I say, movement, direction towards greatness, to servanthood. The Word of God and teaching them of who Jesus is is so vitally important. We can use the Word of God, even though we may not be able to take and turn to chapter and verse in that very moment of, of, of exertion of power, we can share with them the reproof of Scripture. We can show them how that is wrong, and we can correct them in the way that they're going and we can instruct them in how to be that servant. It is so important that we do this in the right way, for this is all profitable. And the goal is that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That is to, be, that is to grow up. The idea of perfect is the idea of maturity, of growing up into something, into a person that God delights in. Think of it now in children, that same idea, oh, how imperfect they and we are, but yet are we always growing up in the grace and knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ? Are we growing up in knowing who He is? And as moms and dads, we have the distinct privilege and responsibility to be teaching our children how to grow up in maturity, to be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We don't want just these goody-two-shoes. We want true servants who are faithful in good works because the living Word of God is in their hearts 
and flowing through them. You see, the Word of God, we learn from Hebrews, is quick. That means living. And it is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is powerful. It will discern between right and wrong. That is why this must be our source of authority and our source of power as we are teaching our children in the ways of the Lord. I mentioned Timothy. We're in a letter written to this Timothy who had the absentee or at least unbelieving father. And just before this incredible doctrinal statement regarding the Word of God, what do we find? Well, let's look. It tells us in verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Every one of you who has a mother's heart shudders to hear those words, and some may have pings of fear that their children are described in such a way, or a fear that they may one day be described in such a way. Oh, the horror of that. Evil men, seducers, waxing waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Earlier in verse 7, it speaks of those who are ever learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Oh, the whole passage here is just ear-tingling horror of what arises in the last days. Let's read it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, this know also, there is an important truth for moms to know today, this know also, that in the last days, the last days are specifically a time still yet in future, but it encompasses the time from when Christ ascended to heaven on into events future. We're in the last times. They are the last days that are perilous times. They have come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Oh, consider our society. Moms, do you want a son who's a selfish pig? Lovers of their own selves. It's so prevalent in our society. We don't want sons or daughters like that. Covetous, those always lusting after and desiring things they don't have and never content. Oh, we don't want sons or daughters like that boasters and proud. I don't think any of us want those who are bragging on themselves and always arrogant and proud in their thoughts and actions and words. Blasphemers speaking against God and the things of God and of truth. Disobedient to parents. You see, even when they're little, Disobedient to parents is a serious problem, and it gets really bad as they begin to grow if it's not properly dealt with. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, admonishing him, saying, this know also, they're arising. You see, unthankful. A society and a culture that is filled with those who are not thankful. They do not have gratitude tied to covetous. Unholy. You know, there are sacred things in life. Holy is an idea of sacred set apart, special. So much of what God designed to be special in life, 
marriage relationships, relationships with people, physical intimacy. These are things that are sacred and holy among a whole lot of other things, but yet to society and a culture who does not consider anything sacred. Or when they do, it's set apart to ungodliness. Without natural affection. Oh, how we see this in so many different relationships, immoral, sodomite relationships, truce breakers. Do we want sons and daughters that keep their word and are faithful and true? One of the most sacred promises of relationships is that of the promises made in a marriage covenant and how prevalent in our world is divorce. And we may say, we don't want that in our children. We don't want truce breakers. We don't want these things. So what do we do? Well, first know that they will come in the perilous times. False accusers tied with not true, speaking that which is not true and accusing that which is right. Incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. For sake of time this morning, we can't go through every single one of them, but each one of those can be things that we can see, and I think Every parent here today, and even those parents who are without God, would look at this list and say, I don't want sons or daughters like that. We are in the last times, and this is prevalent in our world, and it is something that threatens to pull each and every one of us as individuals down and our precious children, whether they be this tall or this tall. So we seek to teach them the truth, that they may walk in truth. We teach them the right way. And how can we prevent all of this from taking place? Well, that's why we need some reproof and correction and instruction and righteousness. And where do we get? Where is the source of teaching and reproof and correction and instruction and righteousness? It is in the book you hold, the Word of God. And so we teach the Word of God. But if we look at verse 5, this is perhaps one of the most troubling of them all. We read it. 2 Timothy 3, 5. Having a form of of godliness, but denying the power thereof. We're not to be a people of fear. But as I've witnessed this in so many lives, I'm tempted to fear for my children. We have a very relevant problem in our American church that's closely tied to this. 
something I call cultural Christians. Most of you young people who are still young today are cultural Christians. Even if you've never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a cultural Christian. What do I mean by that? It means that your culture is Christian. Your mom and dad bring you to church every single week. Your mom and dad teach you the Word of God. You hear the Word of God preached. You know a lot about the Bible. And when you're seen on the outside, you look like a Christian. Many people think you are a Christian. Perhaps you've professed Him, perhaps you haven't. Either way, you are a cultural Christian. But is your Christianity real and in your heart? Moms and dads can teach you ever so faithfully the Word of God and teach you the way of salvation. Yes, we fail. Many failures. But ultimately, it is the responsibility of each and every one of us to receive the gospel, to receive the good news of Jesus Christ that He died for our sins, was buried, and rose again, and only He can forgive us our sins, only He can give us everlasting life, and only He can change who we are and make us a new creature. It's not about what you are on the outside. It's not about what your form is, having a form of godliness. Is the power there? Is the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you? And is the living Word living inside of you? For this is the power. Not just a knowledge of the words. For those who have the knowledge of them have often twisted them. Do the, you have the, the power of God in your hearts and lives? It is a tragedy when it does not take root in the heart. And the admonition given here to Timothy is those who have the form of godliness but deny the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. It is so tragic at how often those who have a form of godliness but not the power thereof who have seen and received the gospel, sometimes received it, sometimes not truly received it, and yet this kind of thing happens. Of falling into immorality and being led away with divers' lusts. Divers is just a list of all kinds of different lusts, passions and desires, by inference here, perverted. ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is a serious problem. An example Paul gives to Timothy, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so did these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt mind reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their follies shall be manifest unto all men, 
as theirs also was. As I read this, there are some parents whose hearts break because they've seen this kind of thing in their own children. Others are afraid. Don't be afraid. Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 10. But thou, Paul writing to Timothy, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Sometimes when we look at the last times and the perilous times and we see all of the problems and these troubling things we've just read of, And then we wonder, why are we put down and why are we persecuted? Sometimes we ourselves are tempted to just, what we say, throw in the towel, give up, not care, whatever, because it's too painful. Paul is cautioning Timothy, no, no. You have seen me set an example. And I think this is significant because it challenges me as a dad and as a pastor. What example do I set forth? in leading others. What example do I set forth? Would I be able to say what Paul says here and be able to say it in such a way that I know the answer would be that of admonition and encouragement rather than that of a hypocrite? Now, we're not talking about putting on a show and being fake about it. It's real, true, transparent honesty. Honesty. Recognizing we're in trouble as times. And so he appeals to Timothy. Here again now, you may be struggling this morning with the fear of this taking place in your family and in your children's lives. So what do you do about it? Well, I think Paul sets an example first in seeking himself to live an honest and a pure life before those who are watching him, even in the midst of persecution. But he also calls Timothy to something really important. And this is true for, this has two lessons. What he's about, what I'm about to cover here in verse 14 has two lessons. The first is for moms and dads. And the second is for the kids who have moms and dads who have taught them the truth. So first for moms and dads, look at the example set forth here. For he says to Timothy, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. There are two principles here. One is the first, is if you have received truth, 
continue in the truth. Don't set aside the truth. Continue in the truth in sincerity. But may I take an application and consider as he cites and says, of knowing whom thou hast learned them. Can you turn back a few pages to chapter 1 and verse 5? Chapter 1 and verse 5, Paul is addressing Timothy, and he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee. Unfeigned. It's real. Which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. You see, Timothy had a believing mother, a believing grandmother, who taught him the truth of the Word of God. And we think of Timothy as the spiritual giant, right? And he was. He was proven, and here he was as one sent forth in ministry. This is late in Paul's ministry. Timothy has established himself. And do you notice that even after Timothy has ministered in the ministry, perhaps for decades, Paul is calling him to continue. Why? Because the perilous times come, and there is still a turning away from the truth. And even this young man, now not so young, is still being admonished to continue. Remember the things and to continue in the things that thou hast learned. And he learned them from his mother and from his grandmother. And do you see what they had? They had unfeigned faith. You see, this is the exact opposite of the cultural Christians. The cultural Christians are Christians just because that's how they were raised or what they associate, the people they associate with. You'll shipwreck, you'll go disaster if that's all you are. If your faith is feigned, that is fake, not genuine, not real. But Timothy, Paul says, I see that your grandmother had it, this unfeigned faith, and your mother had it, and he says, I'm persuaded you do too. And do you notice then he encourages him to continue in the things he has learned? Oh, how real this is because we live in perilous times. And moms and dads, we have a very great privilege and duty and responsibility to first have unfeigned faith in our. Are we just cultural Christians? Or do we truly have godliness for God himself is living inside of us? And not just living inside of us quenched, but living inside of us flowing forth rivers of living water. Are we sincere in our faith? that each man examine himself. Each woman, each child, examine yourself. And regardless of what you find, let me tell you what the solution or answer is. Trust him. Believe in Jesus. 
Turn to Him. Hope in Him. Let His power fill you and flow through you. Hope in God. And then moms and dads, teach your children. Let's teach our children. Let's be faithful to teach them the Word of God. And not only in word, but may we do it in spirit and in deed, in the actions and words and spirit that we have. Brothers and sisters, I'm preaching at myself because I fail every day. I, like you, need the grace of God and need the hope of God. I loved one of the words in the song that the children sang earlier about the fact that we all make mistakes. What was the phrase there of we make mistakes? Right at the chorus or the second, second verse. We all make mistakes. Can I see that? I'd like to read it and bring attention to it. This is a new song for me. Just... No one's perfect. Now, I think that's interesting because you see the Word of God is that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. You see, it's an ongoing work that God has in each of our lives to make us perfect, and no one's perfect. Don't have regrets. See, one of the ways that Satan takes you down, takes me down, is when we fail. You know his name is devil. Do you know what that means? Accuser slanderer. And so when we fail, and we do fail, he takes those failures and he slams them in our face. So recognize no one's perfect. Don't have regrets. Our God will forgive us, and he forgets. When we humble ourselves before him, confessing our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when you have failed, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. When you don't feel perfect, you're not. That's why you need Jesus. And that's why you need His Word to fill you and His Spirit to flow through you. God gives mothers grace for each day. I know he will help you, come what may. Yea, in all they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You may suffer persecution for doing what's wrong. What, come what may, God will give the grace. Each new day, recognize the failures, confess them, but do not move forward in fear or in guilt, regret but in the power and the grace of God. Continue, you and me, continue, continue in the things we have learned. So often we are tempted to have this idealistic view of life. Sometimes we, we start, I mean, think of, I, I, I think of, of Joel and Anna just having their new babies, and we got one over here expecting their first Oh, you have idealistic views of mommy and daddy life, don't you? 
your baby ain't going to be perfect. And, and you know that. But yet we have these dreams for our children and dreams for our own lives. And then something comes along. Will we be the faithful man and stand up and continue? Continue. Continue in those things we have learned and has been assured of. Here to Timothy, he says, to him, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Not everyone can say that. Not everyone can say that. And I'll give you a little other hint, young people. Your mom and dad have taught you many things of the Word of God, and every one of you know your mom and daddy got problems. It's interesting, so did Timothy's mother and grandmother. We all do have problems. That, I don't give that to you to justify you continuing in problems. But I make a note of it, because so often we are assured of the truth and we know it is true, but we struggle with the mouthpiece of the truth. And we're tempted to cast it off because we didn't like who the source came from or we feel like the source of it was hypocritical. Now, in this case with Timothy, I think it was true and genuine sincere. He had a mother and a grandmother who, who, who he, he loved and admired, and I don't think they were hypocritical in, in huge ways. Moms and dads, we shouldn't be hypocritical, and when we are, we need to be confessing and acknowledging and humbling ourselves for our children so that they know that, it's, that, that that's not right. That, that they, they know that we're not we don't have feigned faith. They need to know that reality. But kids of all ages, even if you had heard these truths and things from one whom you perceive as being a hypocrite or faith feigned, don't reject the truth because of the mouthpiece. Continue in the truth. We must be faithful as moms and dads to be teaching our children. For you see here now, all of this background is laid down as to the climax. We often jump to verse 16 because none of us really like most of what comes before. The perilous times. Why is it so exciting and so incredibly powerful and so incredibly effective, the doctrine of the inspiration of the Word of God? is because it is real in the midst of perilous times. Regardless of what the times are, and regardless of what's going on in our society, regardless of what is taking place in our own families, no matter the heartaches or the joys, God's Word is unchanging, powerful. It is profitable. It is the solution with the power of God. The Word of God and so when all of this is presented of this perilous times that causes our ears to tingle, and we're encouraged by seeing the example and the family life that Timothy had, but yet even with that, Paul's still encouraging him to continue. That's significant. That's significant. We can't miss that. And then he continues on by declaring the whole significance of it. It's about the holy scriptures, the holy writings, the holy Bible. God's Word, which makes us wise unto salvation. That's where it begins for each and every one of us. And moms and dads, that needs to be our priorities with our children, is to be teaching them the simple truths of God's Word that not only teach them how to live, but what it means to be saved. 
But it doesn't stop just when the child prays some sinner prayer, because by the way, a sinner's prayer doesn't save you. Only faith in Jesus saves you. Unfeigned faith saves you. The Scriptures will bring that. And then the Scriptures that are inspired are profitable in every aspect of our life for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness so that we can be perfect. Grow day by day, day by day in maturity, being conformed day by day into the image of Jesus Christ, the dear Son of God. So let us continue in the Word of God. This is a privilege and responsibility that moms have and dads have. If you take your Bibles and turn with me back to the Old Testament, you may ask, how is this done? Let me give you one little practical lesson that was given as a command to the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And some of you know exactly where I'm going and what I'm going to talk about here. You see, as we're teaching, it needs to be real in all of our lives. It's very interesting that leading up to chapter 6, back in chapter 4 of Deuteronomy, an instruction is given to the moms and dads, really to everyone, declaring only take heed to thyself. You see, it begins with ourselves. Take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thy heart all the days, all the days you catch that of thy life. But teach them to thy sons and thy sons' sons. You see, it ends with teaching to your sons and your sons' sons, your grandchildren, but it starts right here. Me and God. Me and God. Take heed to myself. Keep my soul diligently, lest I forget the things that my eyes have seen, lest they depart from my heart at any time in my life. And then we come to that great passage in chapter 6 where the cry is for the people of Israel to hear. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. You just heard a declaration of what unfeigned faith looks like. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. That's where it starts. We want to teach our children. It's got to start by being in our hearts. Not just our minds. Not just knowledge. Not just information. But in our hearts. And then when it's in our hearts, verse 7, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Wow. Our priority needs to always be on character development and gospel truth. Should flip those. Gospel truth is first. Character development is second. Coming from the Word of God, and it needs to be a diligent teaching that occurs all throughout the day. Did you see it when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking in the way, when you're lying down, when you're getting up? All the time, are we focused in as our priority on teaching truth? Or are we distracted? Beware of the distractions. May your faith be unfeigned, and may the truth of God's Word be in your heart 
and then with intentionality, be diligently teaching your children. This is our priority. This needs to be our focus. And again, sometimes people say, I hate going to hear Mother's Day sermons because they always push you down. I try my best most times not to preach real hard pointed sermons to mothers. I think this is the first one in the entire time I've ever been a pastor that I've been pretty direct and straight. So let me end with this. Coming back to that song, no one's perfect. Don't have regrets. Our God will forgive us, and he forgets. God gives mothers grace for each day. I know he will help you. Come what may. Walk in your Savior with faith unfeigned. Teach your children and pray that they might continue in the things they have learned. And don't forget to look to the end when Jesus is coming back. Keep your eyes on him always. Let's pray. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and your spirit and your blood. For we have been cleansed, though unworthy, but for your love. Your word guides us. May we walk in your word with unfeigned faith and unfeigned love, love of sincerity. May we glorify you in all of our actions. May we confess our sins, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And may that forgiveness motivate us to step into the new day with a passion and a joy that you have us here for a purpose, that we might be godly. Not just in form, but because your spirit abides within us and fills us and is as living waters flowing forth from us. May we never quench your spirit. And when we do, and you are grieved, may we quickly humble ourselves and seek you. We need you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those here this morning who have not believed on you, have not received you, have not been saved. I pray that they would believe today and be saved. I pray for each one here who has been saved, that we would live in the power of your salvation, that we might walk in your spirit and your grace be upon us. Lord, I pray for all the moms. Today, regardless of what is in the past, may they be encouraged to move forward in the truth, holding forth your faithful word with unfeigned faith, that you might glorify yourself through them. Those who are in sorrow, comfort, Lift them up and give them hope and encourage them that today they might move forward in the sure confidence of you and your power and your glory. We commit our children to you. They are yours before ours. You have entrusted them to us and you know them better than we do. 
I pray that you would do a work in their hearts, that we would be faithful in teaching, but Lord, we acknowledge that you're the one who has to be the one, your spirit working in their little or big hearts. Do just that. We pray that you do a marvelous work, a work that we cannot do, that you might be glorified in our children. We commit ourselves to you in this day and praise you. May you be glorified in all things. It's in your name we pray. Amen.